This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island. Welcome on to this edition of the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown and we head to uh, Chicago, Illinois on this edition, just northwest of Chicago, uh, to catch up with our next guest, Sarah Fix. Let's talk a little bit about her story. And she's been around the sport of triathlon for almost two decades and, uh, yeah, has a pretty cool pretty cool story to share. So we'll delve into, into that today. And uh, triathlon's really become a, a major, major part of her life. Before we do that, though, this episode of The Cone Edge brought to you by the Podcasting Academy. If you'd like to find out more about the Podcasting Academy, details coming up a little bit later on in the show. And uh, they're also giving you 25% discount. Just make sure you use the coupon code Kona at checkout to uh, get your 25% off. Uh, 21 days to your podcast. Uh, it's as simple as that. So if you listen to a lot of podcasts and you thought, you know what, I could do that, now's your opportunity. Head to thepodcastingacademy.com. Today's Coach's Corner is brought to you by Coach Parry Triathlon Coaching. With a passion for high-performance sport, Lindsay Parry is one of South Africa's most widely recognized and respected coaches. Having led a team to the London and Rio Olympic Games, Lindsay has coached both triathletes and runners onto podiums of some of the world's most illustrious races. Lindsay has the unique ability to understand what it takes to succeed at any level and thrives on coaching, motivating and inspiring others to do the same. To find out more about working with Coach Perry, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, if you're a coach or if you have a coaching business and you'd like to get a plug on the podcast, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. Well, we head to uh, the U.S. now to touch base with uh, Sarah Fix. Sarah, welcome onto the Conage. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Sarah. You're based pretty much Chicago, just outside. So, I mean, you, you on? I think you said on the the west of Chicago. Uh, the yeah, tri- northwest suburbs. The, the the triathlon scene in in Chicago. What's what's it like? Um, I said it's very active. And it's active from the city all the way to all the expanding suburbs. Um, it, it's got a very big club, um, predominantly club kind of feel where people are affiliated with the club, train with the club, race with the club. So that makes it fun. It's mm. a real, there's a real sense of community in that regard. Um, yeah, it's 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 active. I mean, it's my it's in my entire life. I I am mom of three kids, and I'm married, and I live in Hinsdale, Illinois. But um, it's my living. I wake up every day. I have two training facilities where I coach and train. I have eight coaches that work for us. Um, we coach and train triathletes. We're the largest club in Illinois. It's called Endure It Sports. Um, we are ranked nationally and internationally hot, pretty high up. We just won Madison 70.3 overall, which was really exciting. Um, I coach athletes online, um, and I sell, I have retail facilities as well, where I sell Cervelo, Scott and Trek, um, soft goods that pretty much tie into club now apparel. I don't do a lot of 
um, extra clothing and items that are not strictly endurance. Um, so I basically live and breathe triathlon every day. Um, I've done 24 Ironmans. Wow. I've been, I've been to Kona five times. I've done, um, lots and lots of half Ironmans. So I, I mean, it's really an important part of my life. I love it. I love spending time with new athletes and training them. I love learning from old athletes. Um, our age groups span from 30 to we have Bob Scott, who's one of the oldest Ironmans, Ironman guys around. Um, I know most of you have heard of Bob Scott. He lives in Naperville, which is where one of our locations is. So we put on four training camps a year. So like I said, I'm pretty I'm really immersed in the sport. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. Sarah, love wait, it. Where, where did your love for triathlon stem from? What is your what is your background? How did you get into the sport? Okay, so very quickly, I will not bore you. I was a horseback rider growing up. Um, and in 1996, I went on a blind date with this guy, and he had just gotten back from the Ironman World Championships. And he was explaining to me how that all worked. And I sat there for two hours in absolute disbelief, like asking every question. I could not figure out how you would get out of the water, put clothes on, bike 112 miles. I mean, the whole thing just sounded weird to me. <laughs> At that point, I had started running marathons. So I got the idea of being competitive and needing a workout, but I didn't. Um, yeah, that to me was totally over the top. So we started dating, and again, that year, 1997, he qualified for Kona. And that year, he asked me to go with him. And I went and watched. And I just remember feeling, I, I volunteered, and then I just remember feeling like when they crossed the finish line, they would morph into something else. Like, there's just no way this just happened before my eyes, and they'd been out there doing all this. There was just, I couldn't, I could not grasp it. I did not know how to swim at this point. So came home from that. We were still dating. And um, I said, would you teach me to swim? That man became my husband and the father of my kids. Um, he taught me to swim. And in 1998, I did my first bunches of triathlons. I raced and raced and raced. And we were married. And in 1999, I did my first two Ironmans. I did Ironman Canada and Ironman Florida back to back. And I came home from Ironman Florida and I was actually pretty old. I was like 33 or 34 at the time. And I thought, well, we're married now and I'm getting older and I loved Ironman. I thought it was so cool. But I thought if I'm going to be a mom, I better get going on that. So I had two babies. I had first I had Olivia in 2000. And I had Charlie in 2001. They're a year apart. And I came back from that and thought, well, I guess I could get ready for an Ironman in nine months. I got ready for Ironman Wisconsin within nine months, carried them across the finish line, finished 15th woman overall and qualified for Kona. Wow. I went to, and I went to Kona that year, 2003, with them. And they've crossed 
or been to almost every single Ironman I've done since. So it's a total family affair as well. You talk, so, you talk about the horseback riding. Were you were you pretty competitive horseback riding, or was it or was it more of just a, an activity to keep yourself in shape? No, I was. De- we were definitely competitive. It was something I did with my sisters. Okay. So we did hunters and jumpers, and my sisters still do it. But when when I got to college, I thought I was. It was never really for me. I kind of did it because it was our family sport, but I never excelled it as like they did, and I didn't. I don't think I ever really loved it as much as them. But when I started running in college um, and started competing in marathons, I that was like, I got it. I loved it. And that's the same thing with triathlon. I mean, I just love, I love it so much. That's- and I love, I love every part of it. I love every part of it. I love the training. I love the racing. I love the camaraderie. I love the friendships. I love, this camp we just had, we did, you know, over 200 miles in 48 hours. We ran probably average somewhere between, I don't know, 22, I think, and 28, I figured out, miles. And they swam. They had a short swim. We had 32 campers there. And, I mean, I'm really tired this morning. I'm, I'm wiped out. But it's just so fun to be able to do that at 51 years old, be fit enough to be able to do that kind of exercise. My daughter was one of the SAG drivers. So that means she um, gave support. She's now almost 17. So it's been a long, a long haul, but um, yeah, just, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's such a great sport. Sarah, what's the, what's the, the key to, to staying fresh in it? You, you've been around it for a while now. Like you said, you've done lots of races and you've trained year in and year out. You see it so often. People come into the sport, they burst onto the scene, they stick around for a year or two, and then you never see them again. How, how have you stayed fresh and, and, and focused and motivated to, to keep doing what you're doing? Yeah, that's so funny. My husband and I talk about it. My husband actually, he went on to do Hawaii. I think we went five more times and watched him compete in, in Kona. And then he did Ironman Wisconsin as well two times. Um and he's re- he's retired. Like even my kids last night at dinner said, "Dad, you know it would be really cool if you got in shape again." Um, but he just he's you know he definitely had staying power, but he's retired. And a lot of our friends that trained with us when I was in my early thirties, they're out totally out of the sport. Um, and you and I see it all the time and endure it. Mm-hmm. Like I'll have customers that will be around for a couple of years. They'll leave for a couple of years. I've owned endure it for twelve years, so um, you know I've seen that that way come and go. But for me, um, I don't know. I just say I think I'm kind of like a Jack Russell. Like, who, I mean, there's really elite athletes and professionals that can race lots of Ironmans, and that's their number one focus. And they can do two and three a year, but I have a full-time business that takes, I don't know, probably at least 50 hours a week. I train, I coach, I coach online, 62 athletes, take care of three kids. Um, and yeah, most people don't stick around for Ironman through that. I don't know what it is. I, I think I, I think I'm just tenacious. I don't really once I start something, I don't stop. I've never quit. I've t- been taken off one Ironman course, and that's because I got I 
crashed. So I was taken off in an ambulance. I've never DNF'd except for that. I just, I've never quit a 70.3. It's just not in me. I, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know. I think I'm straight. <laughs> you, must, you must be pretty good time management wise. I mean, you, you, like you say, you've got a busy life. You've got a business. You've got a family. You're a wife. Uh, you've, you've got kids to take care of. You've got, a, uh, you've got to train yourself. How do you, how do you keep all those balls in the air? How do you, what, what's the secret to, to keeping sane in, in that situation? I think honestly that the more I, you know what blow, I'm, uh, it blows me away is how little some people do with their life. You know, um, we also put on four events a year at Endure It and give a lot of money to charity. And I'm just sometimes I look at people and think, okay, if you could just take one thing um, and fill your life up with things that are so you know much more meaningful than some of this other garbage that people get caught up in. Um, so I, I don't know how to live any other way. I like my life feeling full and I know, and I have felt before that people might think it's strange, but my kids are really well adjusted. I have a really good family life. Our company is thriving. So I know that, it's just kind of what I'm meant to do. And it's just sort of a natural thing for me. And I don't, if I take things off of my plate, I think I'm less effective and less happy. I enjoy giving. I enjoy being involved. I enjoy being in motion like 24 hours a day. That is just the person that I am. So I'm up every day at 4 a.m., and, you know, busy with my kids into the late evening. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just sort of how I'm wired. So, yeah, I would say there's definite time management and I have people in my life, um, like my business partner at Endurit and my husband and my kids and friends and people and customers and people that help and participate in my life that make each little slot a little easier. Um, so yeah, I don't, um, I get help where I need it, but I think that I, I really, I think my motto is I'm just happier in motion and I'm happier with a, I really feel better with a really full life. As far as achievements in the sport, what are you, what are you most proud of personally that you've managed to achieve in the sport? I'm guessing that The Kona Edge is not the only podcast you listen to. If you're anything like me, you probably listen to a ton of different podcasts. I think at the moment I have uh, 10 or 15 go-tos that I listen to every single week. And if you listen to a lot of podcasts, at some stage you've probably thought about starting your own. Well, the good news is it's easier than you think. Thepodcastingacademy.com is giving you the opportunity to get your own podcast started right now. The Podcasting Academy is a 21-day step-by-step online program that will get you from zero to podcast in just three weeks. Right now, thepodcastingacademy.com is offering listeners of the Kona Edge a 25% discount. All you need to do is use the word Kona at checkout to qualify. Head over to thepodcastingacademy.com to find out more.
Okay, so I've had lots of waves. I had that great time, that 2002, 2003, that was really cool. And I came home from that and I thought, oh my gosh, like I am now officially getting, gonna, I, can't, I won't be able to have babies anymore. And I loved having babies. I loved living in Charlie. And I was thought, ah, you know, I should probably have one more. So I had another baby, Andrew, and he's 12 now. And then um, I, that was 2004, 2005, I took that year off. And then from six until about 11, I sort of, it's when Endure It opened and I sort of struggled. So I had three little babies, um, you know, they were all like four, three and one. And then Endure It was open and from 06 until 11, I sort of, I did a ton of Ironmans. I think I might've put like 12 in over that period of time. And I never, I've never gone, which is kind of sad. I've never gone slower than an 11.55, but I was like stuck. It was between like 11.20 and 11.55. So I stayed there in that time frame for all those years, which was fine. I mean, I was busy. I didn't, I never put a lot of pressure on myself. Like I loved competing. I was still finishing top of my age group. I was never getting a spot to Kona. I was just always off. Um, you know, I'd finish races. I'm like, this is it. I for sure, I'm, you know, I won this one. My husband would look over at me and be like, nah, you did it. And I thought that, you know, my time had been great. It was still right in that little, <laughs> And then 2011, um, I had a, a breakthrough year. I did Coeur d'Alene and I went like an 11.05 and then went off to Kona and went like an 11.03. So I qualified there and that was an, like kind of a pinnacle year. And then I kind of went back to that same spot, sort of drifting. And then um, the next spot was, I, I kind of felt like Endurance was in a good place. My kids are in a really good place. And I thought, well, maybe now I'll put some effort into it. And I hired Michael Lovato, who's a professional triathlete. And he gave me a lot of guidance. It wasn't that he, I really needed a coach. I just needed real guidance on how to manage myself and my workouts and make my workouts about me. I was not really great at making my workouts about me. I was always kind of fitting them in and because I do run club and I teach copy trainer and I do runs with people and swim with swim team and it's always about everybody else so I he helped me kind of stop that cycle and get a little more focused on myself and what my real needs were and I, I did um Ironman Texas qualified for Kona and did Ironman Texas again and qualified for Kona both years I was seventh at Kona and my biggest accomplishment was, was that I finished Texas in 940 and I Bike to 4:20 at age 50. Wow! So I had a PR at age 50 that was, you know, out of this world compared to what I'd been doing, and then went to Kona a couple months later and was seventh. And so that was probably that was only a year ago. So that was so everybody keep training, don't give up. It might take you 20 years, but you can get that PR. So that's incredible. Yeah. Would you say it was getting a coach and focusing on you? that made the big difference? I mean, what would, what, what would the, the, that, yeah. would, is that the only reason why? I, I'm can't, I don't know what else it could have been because 
I mean, the training was a little bit different, um, you know, but it was more about the idea that this is about me and not about everybody else. So yes, I would go to run club and I would ride a bike, which was weird for me instead of running with everybody. And then I would go do my run on the track. I would do my run. It didn't take long. It wasn't like I needed a year to do it. I mean, I have a huge base. He took 12 weeks and he just really had me focus on me and make the workouts about me. And he did it in a way that made it super easy, like the copy trainer, even though at that point I could have been outside more. Um, he utilized copy trainer and things that were really easy for me to get on and do alone and be super focused. So not big, long workouts, but lots and lots of focus. And it, it helped. What, I mean, you've worked with, with a lot of athletes through, through your career. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you think, and this is a tough question to ask, if somebody comes to you, do you think it's possible for anyone to qualify for Kona if they're, if they're willing to do what it takes? For the answer to that question and more premium Kona Edge content, head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash support and stand in line to win an entry into a half Ironman event every single month valued at $350. That's thekonaedge.com forward slash support. From a, a gadget perspective, do, do you as a triathlete need all the bits and bobs? Uh, in, in your opinion okay yeah um yeah i mean i'm lucky because i have my own store that i can um yeah i can get a lot of i can get all the nicest things now but you would be surprised in dirt open in 2005 and I don't think I ever had the nicest bike in the shop until this year. You know what I mean? Or the, and my bike still isn't the nicest bike, but one of the nicer bikes. I had nice bikes and I had fine equipment, but I've never been one to be a real, that's why Eric, who is my business partner, that's more his thing. I mean, I'm in there and I sell and I can talk bikes to, you know, up and down, but, for me, that's never been, oh, I got to have this on my bike and this. I can't get too carried away about all that. But I do, I have to say that I, um, two things that I've gotten that I loved. Okay, electronic shifting, I thought that was crazy. And I thought that was so not appropriate for a cyclist because I thought it was so against the grain and not grassroots and you can't switch your own gears and I just thought that was silly. Like, why would you need anything electronic? And what if it doesn't work on you? And so I got electronic shifting. And I think that was one of the turns in my cycling career because you become so much more efficient at cycling because you're constantly shifting. So you're always in the right gear. So the more you're in the right gear, climbing, descending on flats, you're more efficient, you're more effective. So I, that was one thing I thought was awesome. And I, would highly recommend people getting that particularly I watched it this weekend and some of our older athletes where they should be the most efficient on those climbs and things that are really difficult they get stuck in gears because they have to lift their hand up and pull and then they have to go over to this side and pull and so they they get stuck and they are not 
is quick to change gears and whatnot, where electronic shifting is just taps with your thumbs and it's so much easier. And you put them on the bullhorn, you can put them up on the arrow bars. So it's, I, that's one thing I love. And then something that I thought was silly was the ceramic speed, which they introduced last year in Kona. Really, that was like the big push. And again, I thought, okay, that's so silly. I, I don't get that. And then I put it on my bike and actually the rolling power and the amount that you're, you can feel your um, cranks going, it's so, so much more of a natural pedal stroke. So I think those are two really cool things that I definitely could say it made a difference for me. T- tell me, bike-wise, what are, you, what are you riding at the moment? So I've always been on a track, and I switched to the Cervelo. And Cervelo, we sell, I think I, um, we're one of the top dealers, or like right up there, one, two top dealers in the Midwest for Cervelo. Um, and we sell a ton of them, a ton. And they're awesome bikes. They're kind of like the pinnacle of the sport bike, because that's all Cervelo does is make road and dry bikes. They're not involved in anything else the way all the other bike lines are. So this is their main focus. And I just never got on a Cervelo because everybody in the shop is riding a Cervelo. My husband always rode a Cervelo. Eric always rode a Cervelo. So I always stayed on the track. But this year I got the P5 and I really loved my P5. Super happy, super happy. Let's talk Kona and the Big Island itself. Uh, it's a it's a pretty mystical place. Uh, anybody who's raced yeah. there will tell you that. For you, what makes what makes Kona so special? Um, well, okay, it's always been a family vacation, except for that first year that I went to watch David. Ever since then, the times that we've gone with David or with me, it's been the whole family, um, which is super special. Oh, I'll probably start crying. Um. I don't know. I think Kona is really awesome. It, I, I think primarily um, just because when you get there, it's so fun to be surrounded by the best triathletes in the world, especially when you love the sport the way I do, because it's this celebration of you know, these people that have put so much obviously into the sport the way you have. And it's just fun to be around that many amazing athletes that are so far superior to me because there's such a huge pro field there too. Um, So it's just so fun. Like the whole week, we always go for 10 days and um, I don't know, just the whole atmosphere and you know, all the expoing is fun and all the new products are fun. It The swim start, going down to the swim start in the mornings with all the people. And my kids go now with us. My kids are actually swimmers. So they, they do the swim with us. And I don't know, my kids know now so much about, way more about the pros and all that stuff. So wherever we go, they're getting autographs and just really excited. And... I love obviously the weather and I don't know. It's, it's just, I love it. I I'm glad this year, this is actually my first year. So Kona, I finished obviously in October and I will take this year. I decided I'm taking a full year off of racing. So in October, I'll pick my next year's um, races, but this year I've 
actually completely taken a year off, which I've never done except for when I've had babies. Um, so we're obviously not going to be going to Hawaii this year, but um, it's good to miss it. It's good to want to go back. Yeah, sometimes so, it is. Good, it is good to take a take a break and 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 just step away for a while and, and reassess things. I've I found that this year as well, and uh, I haven't done an Ironman this year. The plans not to do one this year, but I'm starting to now feel I've. The, the itch is back and uh and, right. and and sometimes i think you you need that you you almost can become jaded by doing the same things over and over you you need to sort of reassess and, and look at goals and and come back hungrier sometimes right yeah yeah i hope yeah from a from a a sort of mental perspective sarah how for, for you uh i mean racing from a physical versus mental perspective we all talk about training physically. What about training mentally? Is, is that something you focus on? Okay, so this is my big spiel to my, the athletes that I coach, is that I feel that really on race day, most people now have coaches or clubs, and a lot of clubs now have training programs, so they do CompuTrainer together, they run together, they swim together. So when everybody shows up, there's a few outliers, but most people have done about the same training, right? They followed some 12 week program or 16 week program or so everybody to some degree has got almost the same training under their belt. And the, in the end, what it comes down to is that most people focus on all those workouts and marking those all off the list and they never train their nutrition. They don't even think about their nutrition. They go on these long bike rides and they go to gas stations. They treat the gas station like a smorgasbord. They never focus on race day nutrition. When they go running, they, you know, take a Gatorade before and then they run. <clears throat> so that's never their focus. <coughs> Sorry about my cold. Um, and then the other thing is the mental. So I think the guy that shows up on a race course with their mental game in order and their nutrition game in order those are the winners so i think it's the mental thing is a huge a huge part of the race and you know i don't know if you can teach mental i think sometimes to watch someone um prepare and execute a race and watch their intensity and their focus is helpful. I think early on, my husband was a high, uh, high school, well, age group, high school and collegiate swimmer, went to the Olympic trials. So he had this whole ability and mindset of how to really over-focus and get really turned into himself. And when we were dating, his, his thing was short course. So way back then, he could qualify for Kona by doing like Chicago, the Mrs. T's or whatever they call it now. Um, it has a million different names, but that's a big Olympic distance race. But even for that, which in my mind is a short distance, and absolutely it's super hard if you're going to try and win the race overall, but his ability to hone in and focus, I just watched that over and over and I watched it in his training. And I think that was like, one thing in our relationship early on that I could not understand, I just was like, God, how does this guy do this? It's so kind of weird because I'm the 
trying to bring the whole world in and I never want to focus in on myself too much. And so it was, but I watched it over and over and over. And I watched in his training. I watched in his racing. I watched how he did this and it rubbed off on me. So that when it got, I can't do it for long periods of time, but I'm able to do that thing where I can flip the switch and start to really focus in on myself and say, okay, now it's about you. Now you got to get like really into your own space and you don't have to do it for long. It's just those couple days before the race. I mean, he would do it through training too, which I, I can't do, but, um, through, you know, just right, right before the race, being able to turn off the world and really focus on the task at hand, doing a lot of mental imaging and my, Two little keys I say to everybody, the more moments that you're focused on your race, every pedal stroke, every run stride, it's all free time. The more moments in your 11, 12, 17 hour day that you are focused on exactly what you're doing in that moment, never letting your mind drift, always focusing on your food, how you're gonna ride the hills, how you're gonna descend, your gearing, your shifting, your run stride, whatever it is, all those moments that you're focused, those are just free time. You just, because a lot of people just get out there and their mind goes and they can't remember why they're in the sport and they're drifting and they're doing this and doing that. and They're just giving away time. So I think that's, I, it, as far as like from a mental perspective on that day, I think that's probably the most helpful, helpful thing. Brilliant tools. Sarah, I think uh, we can leave it there. I look forward to chatting about the individual disciplines uh, next time out, but uh, we'll save that for another day. Thanks for your time today on the Cone Edge. Thank you. Great talking to you. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much to our guest Sarah Fix as well. If you'd like to find out more about Sarah, just uh, click in the show notes to this episode of The Kona Edge, and it'll take you straight through. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for The Kona Edge.